This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 37, and today we are talking about books released on January 19, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. What, what? Hi, baby. Happy hey. anniversary. Happy anniversary to you, too. Yes, through the magic of that Facebook on this day thing, uh, this morning I learned that it's the first time we appeared together as the Well Redheads was on this day yes. in 2012. Yeah. Did that sentence make sense? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, maybe for listeners of the show who didn't know, we used to write a column together um, at Book Riot called The Well Redheads about different stuff. And so the first one appeared on January 18th, 2016. And we are recording on January, or sorry, January 18th, 2012. And we're recording on January 18th, 2016. And so that's how math works. It's our fourth anniversary. <laughs> We're actually recording in the year 2047, and we have a time travel Coming to you machine. from the future, I'm just wheeling around in the air on my jetpack while we do this show. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> well, then you can be, you can anchor and spot me. You, will you catch me when my jetpack runs out of fuel? Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. I can't believe it's been four years. I, like, distinctly remember emailing you when I did email you to be like, hey, do you want to come write for Book Riot? And then we hatched the idea to have a column together. And someone on Twitter gave us the idea to call it Well Redheads. Um, yeah. So it's a magic of the internet story. Internet. <laughs> we got some books this week, baby. Yes. Due to the magic of the internet, I discovered this first book, which I read many months ago. I've been dying to talk about it. Um, I was surfing catalogs uh, online book catalogs, not clothing catalogs. And uh, I was going, 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 and all of a sudden I was like, squirrel! Like, like, <laughs> it's true, there's like, a squirrel on the cover. Yes, that was what I was going to say. Literally a squirrel on the cover of this book. It is called The Portable Veblen, which I assume is how you say that word, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, it's by Elizabeth McKenzie, and it is so much zany, awesomeness, hilarity. I love this book. It's so weird. You know how I love a weird book? Um and it made me laugh out loud a lot. Like, if you snort when you laugh, I wouldn't <laughs> read it in public unless you want people to stare. Um, but it's so funny. And it's about a woman who lives in Palo Alto named Veblen. She is named after Torstein Veblen, the Norwegian-American economist, like everyone knows. Oh, yeah, you know. him. Yeah, him. Uh, he's apparently famous for the idea of conspicuous consumption, which means the need to show off what you've got as far as wealth or social status so he must have invented Instagram, I think, is what, is what they're saying. Um, so Veblen has just gotten engaged to a man named Paul. He is a brilliant neuro, uh, neurologist, I think, or neuroscientist. I can't remember now. One of those neuro things. And he uh, works in the lab where she is a secretary. And after a very, very brief courtship, he proposes. And she says yes and immediately is wondering why. 
She said yes. Um, and now, faced with the reality of their impending nuptials, she's starting to crack. Uh, there is the fact that they haven't met each other's parents. Uh, her mother is an overbearing hypochondriac. Her father is institutionalized. His parents are kind of out-of-it hippies. Um, so they cause a lot of friction. And then there's Paul's job. He has He's working with vets. He's trying to help people with brain injuries. Um, and he's come up with this invention that everybody wants, and he's been giving a lot of... He's been given a, a great position and a lot of responsibility and a lot of money, and that's very stressful. Um, there's also the squirrel that's living in the attic. Ah, uh, uh, there's the squirrel. The squirrel. She loves squirrels. I really liked Bevelin because she, I identified with her a lot. Like, my boyfriend is always like, you have this very disney version of animals. Like, I'm always like, look, there's a bird, and he sees his friend over there. And like this. And my <laughs> boyfriend's like, no, no, they don't. He doesn't care at all. Um, and she loves the squirrels, and Paul wants to get rid of the squirrel that's running around in the attic. Um, and she doesn't appreciate that. And all these things are really starting to stress her out, and so she must make a choice, um, like what she wants to do, if they're going to get married. And it's just, it's hilarious. It reminded me a lot of a Heidi Julevitz or um, an early, like, David O. Russell film. Like, I kept thinking of flirting with disaster when I was reading this. And it's great. And again, it is called The Portable Veblen by Elizabeth McKenzie. Awesome. Uh, okay, before I do my first pick, we need to thank our first sponsor. All the Woo-hoo. books this week is sponsored by Feverborn, which is the exciting new epic in uh, the exciting new book in the epic Fever series by Karen Marie Moaning. Uh, Mac, Barons, Ryadin, and Jada are back, and the stakes have never been higher or the chemistry hotter. Meow. Uh, hurtling us into a realm of labyrinthing, in- labyrinthing intrigue and consummate seduction, Feverborn is a riveting tale of ancient evil, lust, betrayal, forgiveness, and the redemptive power of love. So uh, once it was a normal city possessing a, ton- a touch of ancient magic, the story is set in Dublin, but Dublin now in the Karen Marie Moaning Fever series is a treacherously magical city with just a touch of normal. And on the war-torn streets, Mac is going to come face-to-face with her most savage enemy yet, herself. It may be winter, but things are heating up. And again, this is the new book from number one New York Times bestselling author Karen Marie Moaning. It's called Feverborn. It is available now. And you can visit feverbornbook.com to learn more or look for it wherever books are sold. And we will have a link in the show notes. So thanks again to Feverborn by Karen Marie Moaning. Yes, thank you. I saw on Instagram, I can't remember which publisher it was because, and the publisher's name was not on the notes we were just looking at for the spot, but they had a huge party in New Orleans for the this book release for Feverborn, and there were like 500 people. Oh, I this, saw that last night. Yeah, this big old theater, and I you know, was scrolling through, and I knew that we were having Feverborn on the show, and I was like, oh, that looks so awesome. Next time they should invite us. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been so cool. It looked really great. <laughs> It did. It looked awesome. Uh, okay, so my first book this week is The Road to Little Dribbling by Bill Bryson. Yay! Uh, Who doesn't love so, Bill Bryson? Man, I know. Bill Bryson is just reliably enjoyable. Uh, like, not life-changing, but just a good companion to hang out with for a couple of days. Uh, it's been 20 years since Bill Bryson took his first trip around Britain, which resulted in the book Notes on a Small Island. Uh, if you're not familiar, Bill Bryson is a travel writer and a columnist, and he's lived in Britain now for many years. So this is the 20th anniversary of his first trip, and also he is celebrating that he's now becoming a 
citizen um, and celebrating his adopted country. He's going to have dual citizenship within the U.S. and in Britain. So he decides that to celebrate and like commemorate his 20th anniversary as a British person of sorts, he's going to follow a path that is roughly the longest straight line that you can walk in Britain from north to south. And he dubs it the Bryson Line and finds all sorts of places along the way that he can stop. And so each chapter of the book is about a different place that he visits. But in the very Bill Bryson way, the book is also about a jillion things that have kind of nothing at all to do with the places that he's visiting. They're just fun little asides. Um, he observes, you know, idiosyncrasies of places, the charming features, the quirks that the people have. You know, he sees the things that make Britain wonderful or any of the places that he travels, but he's also not slow to comment on the things that he finds ridiculous or annoying. It's like a I always feel like with Bill Bryson, it's a travel book narrated by your dad who's just not sorry about any of his dad jokes. Like, he's just cheesy in a really wonderful, predictable way, and it's it's fun. Like, you just know that you're going to roll your eyes at Bill Bryson a little bit, but he's in on the joke. He wants you to be there, too. Um, and I think that the tangents are the best part. Like, 90% of the reason that I read Bill Bryson is for all of the side stuff. And I am even willing to forgive him for the fact that he referred to Rolling Hills as bosomy, which is my really only complaint about the road to little dribbling. Um, but by way of example, I learned in this book that the man for whom Mount Everest was named never even saw Mount Everest or set foot anywhere near it. And why Bill Bryson is talking about Mount Everest in a book about England, you will have to find out. Um, I just really enjoyed dipping in and out of the road to little dribbling, going a chapter at a time. I've never been to Britain, so I couldn't picture what any of these places looked like without Googling them. But it was fun to put them together in my head and imagine what Bill Bryson uh, and his long-suffering wife were seeing on their travels. Uh, so again, that's The Road to Little Dribbling by Bill Bill Bryson. Yay. Mm -hmm. So the next book I'm going to talk about is called The Readers of Broken Wheel Recommend by Katarina Feiland. Yeah. So I had heard really great things about this book. And then they were a sponsor last week. Maybe the week A couple before. weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Sometime in the last and few weeks. I was like, yeah, yeah, I have to read this book. So I read it for the 24 and 48 marathon that we had this weekend, mm -hmm. the readathon. Um, and it's really good. It was really good. I... I adored it to pieces. Um, it's about a woman named Sarah, and she lives in Sweden and works at a bookshop, and she has this kind of 84 Charing Cross Road relationship with a woman who lives in Iowa. Like, she writes to this woman, Amy, looking for a book. Amy sends her the book, sends her a letter. They start exchanging letters. They tell each other everything, and this goes on for a very long time until uh, Sarah's bookshop closes, and Amy invites her to come to Broken Wheel and stay with her for a while. Like, she's not doing anything, so why not come visit? Um, so Sarah decides that's a great idea. She gets her visa. She packs her stuff. She gets to Broken Wheel in time for Amy's funeral. Amy has passed away, but she has left instructions with the people of the town that she that Sarah should stay in her house and just be treated well. And so Sarah is now a stranger in this town. The only person she knew is gone. Um, but she knows so much about all of these people because Amy has told her all these stories, all the the heartache and the loss and the romance that's been going on. But Broken Wheel is like a shadow of its former self from when Amy was young, mm. and it's kind. Of, and so Sarah, being the tourist, she's very exciting to everybody who who lives there because they they don't have anything else to do really. They're just like completely <laughs> taken with her, and and they want to do everything for her and. You know, she doesn't know if she should stay or go, but she doesn't really have anything else going on. 
So she decides that she's going to open a bookstore. The town has very few stores, and she decides to open a bookstore, even though nobody seems to be interested in reading. Um, and so she opens a used bookstore. She can't work with the visa that she has, so she just decides to spend her time in this bookstore, recommending books to people, um, and she creates these relationships and makes recommendations. And this is, like, super epic nerd purr for readers. <laughs> I mean, she talks about all these different books, and she talks oh, about, great. you know, different part and characters and all the stuff, and the recommendations she makes are really great. It's just, like, so full of literary references. And... It's just so, so charming. It reminded me of the storied life of A.J. Fickrey. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. But, like, it's not cheesy or ridiculous. You know, there's romance and all this stuff. But it's just delightful. I, I really enjoyed it. And so, again, it is called The Readers of Broken Wheel Recommend by Katerina Bywald. I hope that's how you say her name. I think we couldn't. I think so. Yeah. That sounds like one of those that we should just put in our back pockets and remember for that next time you have to buy a gift for someone that you know who is a reader and likes books and you don't know what to buy them because you don't know what kind of books they read. Like everybody loves a book that has to do with books and literary references and this like charming person moves to a place and opens a bookstore story. This is going to be a, one of those Swiss Army recommendations. Oh, I think. yeah, absolutely. Uh, my next pick is a book that I kind of had on my radar when it came out in hardcover, but I just didn't get to it. And I'm really, really glad that I picked it up this week um, since it's out in paperback. It's called Orhan's Inheritance by Eileen Ohanisian. Uh, this is set in the 1990s and in 1915, but it opens in the 1990s in Turkey. Orhan is a 29-year-old man. He has been called back to his family's village because his grandfather has died and uh, they are ready to read the will. So Orhan gets together with his father and his aunt and they're reading the will and they find out that his grandfather has willed their family home like the one that they are sitting in at the time that they are reading this will to a woman that none of them has ever heard of uh, she lives in california so ohan uh, orhan is charged with traveling to california to meet her and to get her to sign paperwork uh, that says she'll take money instead of actually taking the family home the family doesn't want to lose their home especially to this woman that they know nothing about so orhan goes he meets the woman and then we start to see flashbacks uh, chapters to 1915 and we learn about who she is and what her relationship to Orhan's grandfather was. And the whole 1915 storyline is set against the Armenian genocide that took place when the Turks uh, forced Armenian people out of their homes and basically like drove them through the desert. Many of them died along the way. They were made refugees. It's a terrible piece of history that I really did not know much about at all until last year, which was the centennial of the event. And there was a lot of writing and journalism being done about it. I still don't know much about this event or nearly as much as I would like to. Um, but there's so much history richly woven into this book um, in a really beautiful and delicately done way. It, it, you know, sometimes you read fiction that's heavily researched and it feels like the author is like, and here's a fact I learned and here's another fact I learned and aren't you impressed with all my research? Uh, but this, that's not the case here. It's very well done. Um, Ohanisian certainly knows what she's writing about and comes to the subject with great care. The story moves back and forth between the 1990s and Orhan 
talking to this old woman and learning about her life and the 1950 plot, 1915 plot line. And she really trusts the reader to start putting the pieces together about who this woman is and what the connections are between their families. It's a great novel that at its core is about family secrets, um, but that is also about you know, world history, violence against a people that goes largely unrecognized and unspoken of um, when we talk about the major events of world history. And just bottom line, it's really compelling. It's very well written. Um, I kept looking up and realizing like, oh, I sat down and only meant to read for half an hour or so, but I'm sitting here like 60 pages later. Um just really wonderful. I kept thinking about the characters and wondering where we were going to go next. It would also be excellent for a book club. This is from Algonquin Books and the paperback does include um, like questions for your book club discussion and a special note from the author at the back. Um, so again, that is called Orhan's Inheritance. It's O-R-H-A-N by Eileen Ohanisian and it is out in paperback this week. There's lots of great stuff in paperback today and basically all of January. Like amazing mm-hmm. things that we loved. Yep. So it's awesome. What's next for you? Okay, the next book I'm going to talk about, uh, I feel a little, it's so funny, I feel a little weird talking about it because it's so intensely personal, like I feel like I shouldn't be discussing it, the author should. And Hmm. that book is called The Narrow Door by Paul Lissicky. It's a memoir. Um, Paul is an incredible poet, and he has taken that ability that he has to convey so much with few words and turned it into a gorgeous, gut-wrenching memoir. I mean, this book is just so, so beautiful. Um, I have never, like, really ever felt so moved and also at the same time, like, even a little uncomfortable reading a memoir. Not because he overshares, but because it just feels so personal. Like, I've never read something that felt so personal. Um, It's a story of his love and his loss of two people in his life. Um, His ex and the other is his best friend. Um, With his ex, it was this painful split, like, this dissolution of love. And... With his friend, it is a look at a different kind of love. It's a love between two best friends uh, that may have, at one time, could have been a romance if the situations were different. You know, he's gay and she's straight. Um, And he lost this friend to cancer after decades of of closeness. And The Narrow Door is just this exquisitely worded look at really the the intimacies, the two intimacies that he has with these people and the differences between these two relationships and also the lack of these relationships in his life now. And I really felt gutted after I read this book. I felt gutted because the idea that only one of the people that he writes about could read it was so sad. But it's just so beautiful and moving, obviously. Um, I, I, you know, it's incredible. Um, And again, it is called The Narrow Door by Paul Lissicky. Where does it rank on the tissue scale? Oh, tissues, goodness. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> All the it's definitely a five. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've had that sitting on my desk for a couple of months, and I'm just afraid of how much it's going to make me cry. It will. Be afraid. <laughs> I'll get my tissues ready. But in the meantime, we will go to our second sponsor this week. Third Love is back. We talked about them last week, and their 24-7 t-shirt bra is the most comfortable. It's super smoothing. It's invisible under every outfit. It'll just disappear under your white t-shirts. The cups are made out of memory foam and it molds to your shape to give you a truly perfect fit. But you don't have to take the show notes word for it because Liberty got one this week. I did. It 
came in the mail. It was so exciting. Like the the, the UPS guy is used to me like being all excited. Like when he, when I see him, I run out and he probably <laughs> takes it personally. But I'm just I just want what he has. Um, <laughs> and so I was so excited. I got mine, and it's amazing, amazing. Like yay. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Restraining my Thunderdomes is no easy feat. <laughs> like Bill Bryson would call me bosomy. Okay. <laughs> like getting into your bra for me is a bit like. The opening <laughs> credits of Game of Thrones, there's, like, lots of lifting and moving parts and dun, 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 dun. So, like, when I saw this bra, like, when I took it out of the box, I wasn't sure at first because I thought, like, with everything I claimed to do, it would look industrial. You know, like, mm-hmm. straps as wide as my wrist and all this stuff. But it's not. It's beautiful. It looks very grown up. Um, and I can't believe how well it works. And it's so, so soft. It might be made out of reversible kittens, but don't quote me on that. But it's so, so soft. And, like... It says it's made with memory foam, so I was expecting the cups to, like, be filled with, like, pillows or paper mache or something, you know? And you can't, there's, like, not even any padding. You can't even tell what it's doing. Oh, Um, that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I haven't really had a chance to show it off yet because I never leave the house, but my cats have been very complimentary. Well, that's good. It's not exactly the kind of thing we can put on the book riot Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would would be a bad idea. I'm now just imagining Bill Bryson describing the process of a bosomy <laughs> woman getting her bra on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if this sounds exciting to you and your Thunderdomes, if you want to avoid the fit issues that most women I know have had uh, with their bra stuff like stuff like your cups spilling over or they're gaping or your sla- your straps are slipping – you want to try Third Love. And because Third Love stands behind their products so much, they're going to let the All the Books listeners try this bra that Liberty is talking about for free. You pay a dollar for shipping. You wear the bra for 30 days. You get you can become intimately familiar with it. You can take the tags off. You wear it. You wash it. You do all the things with this bra that you would do with any normal bra. You just, you know, do your thing with this bra for 30 days. If you love it, you keep it and they'll charge your credit card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free. Your card won't be charged. And if you don't know your size, there's an online fit specialist to help you find the perfect fit. And one of our coworkers, Swapna, told me this morning that she did the online fit process with Third Love and that it was really simple and they worked out to the perfect size for her. So we can recommend that for you as well. Here's how you do it. You go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started, and that will get you your free 30-day trial of a Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra, and you and your Thunderdomes can live happily ever after. Thanks again to Third Love. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash books. Woohoo! <laughs> Somewhere there's a copywriter like, did they just say Thunderdomes? This <laughs> popped into my head. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. Uh, So this next book that I'm going to talk about is one I haven't read yet because I just discovered I'm dying. I'm dying to read this too. Okay, you go. Yeah, I just discovered like yesterday when I was going over my final notes for the show that it was coming out. And I'm really, really sad that I didn't know it sooner so that I could read it and talk about it. It's Weathering by Lucy Wood. A couple of years ago, she had a collection of short stories out called Diving Bells, B-E-L-L-E-S, that I just adored. It was haunting and magical. And the title story was about these women whose husbands, like you wake up in the middle of the night and your husband has been taken from the home and they, you know that 
that your husband now like lives on the bottom of the sea. Um, and women either just go years without seeing their husbands or you can pay to like go in a diving bell and go down to the bottom of the ocean and try to get your husband to come back. Um, just such a creative, strange premise. And most of the stories in the collection were like that. I have vivid memories of very many of them. So I, I was really taken with Lucy Wood. And I have been wanting to read a novel by her. And that's exactly what Weathering is. So the premise is that um, three, these are three generations of women in one family. Uh, Pearl doesn't know how she's ended up in the river. Uh, it's a river that is near the town where her family has lived for years and years, and her spirit is stuck there. Pearl, I assume, is dead from the description. Uh, Pearl's daughter, Ada, doesn't know how she ended up back in the house that she left years ago, and she is basically stuck there. That There's not really a good running car. The weather is really bad. And her own daughter, Pepper, is there with her. Um, and Pepper is starting to see the world and starting to see the, the place around uh, where their home is and thinking about their family and why would anyone want to leave this place. So this is a story about mothers and daughters and memories and ghosts and knowing what Lucy Wood did with Diving Bells and with how haunting it was and with how carefully drawn the relationships in those stories were. And they packed so much punch for being short stories. Um, I really can't wait to get my hands on Weathering by Lucy Wood. Me too. I can't believe it. Just like, I I don't know how I didn't even know that it was coming out. I love her so much. Oh, when I saw it on your list, I was gnashing my teeth with jealousy. I was like, how did she get it? There's, <laughs> yes, there's no nothing coming. to be jealous of. No, I'm going to, I'll have to I spend some better. dollars. Yeah. So when you get that voodoo doll in the mail, I'm really sorry. No. I'll send it back <laughs> wearing a memory foam bra. <laughs> Put some band-aids on it. It'll be okay. It's all fine. We're already at our last picks. Holy cow. I know. This one's flying by. Yeah. So the last pick I'm going to talk about is called What Belongs to You by Garth Greenwell. Uh, this is a slim, intense debut, and it's about an American teacher who is teaching in Sofia, which is the capital of Bulgaria, which I didn't know. I had to look up. Um, I would not have known that yeah. either. It's also Europe's most affordable capital, according oh. to Wikipedia. I learn things. This is, I only learn things by reading books. Um, it's there he meets Mick Coe, a handsome young hustler whom he hires. Uh, he is both drawn and repulsed by his desire for Mitko. He wants love and tenderness, but he also wants sex. And he also feels a bit like a predator with this young man. Um, and his availability to him and his ability to get him, you know, with money. Um, he's also almost afraid of how he craves the possibility of danger that Mitko brings. The threat of violence and the threat of, you know, theft, like losing his possessions. Mitko is very interested in everything he has, like a laptop and an iPod and all the stuff, things that he doesn't have. Um, and he's been warned about the hustlers, but he can't seem to stay away. And in the midst of his time in Sofia, the teacher remembers growing up in the South and how hard it was being gay as a young man uh, living here in America in the South and what that experience brings to his relationship with Mitko. Um, like what Belongs to You is like an intense erotic exploration of desire and exploitation it's uh also the writing is superb like i think the way a story is presented is as important as you know the story itself oh, and for this, sure this book has these beautiful paragraphs that go on for a page or more and as the saying goes they contain multitudes i mean they're just incredible i i don't know that i could tolerate paragraphs this long you know if I was reading like a thriller or something like mm. that you know he's just an incredible writer this is really a stellar debut and again it is called What Belongs to You by Garth Greenwell 
Woo-woo. All right. I am closing out the show this week with one that I know a bunch of our listeners are going to be excited about. It is a paperback release of A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Um, after I loved Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho so much last year that I talked about it a bajillion times, I got so many tweets and emails from you lovely people telling me that I really needed to read A Darker Shade of Magic then. Um, so I've just started it. I had a really crazy weekend that listeners don't need to know the story of, but I'm not quite as far into it as I hoped to be. I know. Yeah, it's true. Liberty had to come bail me out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Darker Shade of Magic is set in like three versions of London that all exist in parallel to each other, which I find that pitch alone to be very compelling. It kind of reminds me of The City in the City uh, by China Mieville, but that is where the similarity with that book stops. Um, Gray London is dirty. It's boring. There's no magic. Uh, There's magic in Red London, and that's where the main character Kel was raised. And then there's White London, where people fight to control magic, but also magic can fight back and it can drain the city. It's kind of bonkers. Um, Kel is what's called the Red Traveler, and it's his job to carry messages between the three different versions of London. Um, But he's also a smuggler, and he ends up with a forbidden token from Black London, which is a whole other thing. Um, I'm really enchanted by the setup of this so far. It is definitely ringing those bells of the like, sort of alternate versions of London, the thing that I loved in Sorcerer to the Crown and that I wanted to love in Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. And I I like this notion that, multi, like, that the city contains multitudes and it just happens to be that some of these are magical um, people with secret jobs that they're not supposed to have and where magic is a force that just exists in the world. Um, I'm pretty new to reading fantasy. And so I'm really, you know, this might be like a common trope in fantasy, but I would have no idea. Um, I'm really digging the magic in the book so far. And if you read a read Sorcerer to the Crown, and now you're just waiting for the next Zencho novel, um, I recommend I think you would also enjoy A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. And it's happily in paperback for you this week. And the sequel is out in February. Oh, that's great. Yes. So I can catch up. Yes. A Gathering of Shadows, I believe it's called. Oh, man. She's good at titles. Yeah, she is. That's nice. All right. So those are our new books. What are you going to read now? Uh, one of my favorite people, one of our favorite people, Mallory, sent me a book called The Book of Flying by Keith Miller, which I had never mm. heard of. Now I know what it's like when people say they haven't read things, and I go, ah, because she <laughs> asked me if I had heard of this, and I was like, no, and she was like, ah. Uh, But I I don't really know anything about it, except that she was raving. It says, uh, meet Pico. He's a poet and a librarian whose soul is nourished by stories and by books. He's brave and honest and humble like heroes used to be. And he's passionate and idealistic like lovers used to be. The Book of Flying is a story of Pico's quest to gain his wings in order to win the heart of the girl he loves. A journey in which he meets a robber queen, a lonely minotaur, a cannibal, an immortal beauty, and a dream seller. What? Yeah. Sounds awesome. That does sound great. Yeah. What are you going to read? I'm going to read, this one is coming straight from my wheelhouse. It's Anatomy of Love, A Natural History of Mating Marriage and Why We Stray by Helen Fisher. Um, So it was first published in 1992 and became apparently a classic at the time, but I was 10, so I don't know. Uh, But Helen Fisher has since then conducted brain research on lust, romantic love, and attachment. She has data from more than 80,000 people uh, that looks at why we love, whom we love, Um, And then additional research from more than 30,000 men and women about sexting, hooking up, friends with benefits, and other current trends in courtship 
and marriage. Um, So she's presenting new scientifically based, and here's the kicker, optimistic perspectives on relationships in our digital age. Um, So it says it's a cutting edge tour de force that traces human family life from its origins in Africa over 20 million years ago to the internet dating sites and bedrooms of today. I am here for this. I remember my mom worked at a bookstore when I was in high school, and I believe mm -hmm. we sold a lot of copies of that. I bet you probably did. It came out, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It comes out, the new hardcover edition comes out in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to start reading now, and hopefully I'll be filled with random facts that would make Bill Bryson blush by the time we record (laughs) that show. Um, that is our show this week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Feverborn by Karen Marie Moaning. You can go to feverbornbook.com for more information or look for it wherever books are sold. And of course, thank you also to Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to get your free 30-day trial with a 24-7 t-shirt bra so you and your kittens uh, can be happy and comfortable. If you want to talk to us, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y, and Liberty is Miss Liberty. If you've got a minute and you want to rate or review the show on iTunes, we would also really appreciate that. Let's us know how we're doing. We're not going to make the show any longer, people. I'm sorry. This is all the books that we can manage to read in one week, but we love you and appreciate the love. We do love you. <laughs> uh, and most importantly, it helps other people who love books and are looking for literary podcasts to find their way to us everyone out there is so awesome they are it's great great. Uh, and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter and that's it all right happy reading happy reading happy reading